Ophelia, you screwed up the game. You brought in the rain, made the match boring. Ophelia, you rained down on our teams. Our first place dream has to wait. Who's Ophelia? Ophelia's that weather front that contributed to this dismal 0-0 draw in Chester, Pennsylvania. And I got to apologize. Now that that musical intro is concluded, and sorry to your eardrums, we can begin. Hello, Los Angeles. Hello, Major League Soccer. Hello, fans of the beautiful game. And hello to the millions. And millions. We've got no one today. Scarf is in New York. Panda got called into work. And for some reason, I can't seem to find Hello Kitty. So she's going to have to wait. Perhaps she's behind a keyboard or or a light or something. So we're uh, well, we're going to do this. But anyway, hello to the millions of defenders of the bank listeners. This is episode 277 of the LAFC podcast downloaded in 105 countries. My name is Christian Philly Philem in the platinum haired, highlighted colored haired flamingo. And I'm yelling at you. And on this microphone from my little piece of paradise here in Burbank, California, Film Monster Studios. And like I said, it's just me for the day. I've got nobody. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of things, a couple of bits of news and information. And obviously, you know, this 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 game here, Um, it's not going to be a long pod. Uh, I'm since I'm riding solo, I got nobody to banter with. And obviously the bantering between scarf and I, or Panda and I, or myself and I, or kitty, hello kitty. And I may take several minutes, but it's not mainly not going to take that long because there wasn't really too much to talk about. As far as this game was concerned, LAFC brutal road trip ahead of their Campiones cup, heading to St. Louis team. That's currently in first place. And the only team in the West to have clinched a playoff berth. And then on our way to Chester, Pennsylvania to play in Subaru Park against a team that, well, gave us a run for our money during the MLS Cup final. Obviously, we didn't lose any of these games, but we didn't lose any of these games. And the fact that we managed to salvage some points, that's uh, that's a pretty good thing. So we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a second. But as Scarf always likes to say, we got some bills to pay. As you know, as we've said on countless occasions, and we're very proud of this, by the way, we're sponsored by Flex Power Tools. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Flex. Nothing but love. Go buy yourself a Flex Power Tool. You got a lifetime warranty scenario that's going to expire on December 31st. So whatever impact driver, reciprocating saw, hammer drill, you can buy that between now and December 31st. And you got yourself a full lifetime warranty. That's pretty darn cool. And if you use these tools, these things are fantastic. I barely know how to use tools, and I'm just shocked at how efficient some of these power drool uh, drools ah, that's hilarious how some of these power tools operate the one thing i certainly do know how to operate is the on the on the site radio that thing is awesome we bring it at our tailgates if you're curious to see that make sure you come to that next tailgate on october the first when we square off against rsl that might actually be one of our last tailgates of the season we only have a couple more games at bemo the campionis cup is a wednesday and we got October 1st against RSL. We got another match, I believe, against Minnesota United, but that's a Wednesday, so it's not going to be a typical tailgate. And then we have to figure out what playoff structure is ahead of us. We got to figure out where we're going to be in the table. Are we going to be in the top four? Are we going to be outside the top four? Are we going to clinch a bye? 
I don't know. So that's the story there. But yes, going back to it, check out Flex for all your power tool needs. Head on over to Lowe's or make sure you go to flexpowertools.com. The Mo Fascio Futsal Court still taking donations. We talk about this time and time again. And I don't have the, the fun numbers to banter with Scarf with, but I'm going to pledge 30. And 30 I'm doing in honor of the wind factor that occurred at Chester, Pennsylvania in Subaru Park. We're talking winds that are approximately 30 miles per hour. Whether or not that was the case, I don't know. I didn't play. But what I can tell you, it was uh, wasn't ideal. Certainly looking at the coaching staff with the hoodies on their head and the rain coming down and the rain coming on the camera lens, it wasn't an ideal day for football. And with no shots on target, clearly Ophelia had uh, had a thing to say. So 30, in, 30 bucks in honor of the 30-mile-per-hour wins that we had. I don't have too much in terms of news and notes, defenders. And there isn't going to be a this day in LAFC history because, well, that's a scarf segment. And I don't want to steal scarf segment. And mainly because I don't have access to that Excel spreadsheet that scarf utilizes and continues to add to to give you this week in LAFC history. So, like I said, I'm riding solo. He'll be able to do this when we talk about Campionis Cup on Wednesday. And then we obviously got a slew of more podcasts coming through in October for more games in Major League Soccer this season until the playoffs. Now, let's set the table for our opponent, the Philadelphia Union, a team that we have a nice history with. Nice history in the sense that every match that we've played them in, we've never lost. In fact, we are the only team that the Philadelphia Union have played uh, that, that, we've, that, that they've never beaten us. And that's a pretty cool statistic to have, and that's still something we can lord over their heads. The Union have never, ever beaten us. Now, coming into this game, they already clinched a playoff spot, sitting in fourth place in the East with 48 points. A home record of 9-1-3, and three, which is quite nice, considering the fact that we're not really good on the road. Vegas probably had their odds on the Union doing their thing. I mentioned in one more sleep, but if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, the Union have had a couple of good wins this season. Whooping up on the Rev, whooping up on Nashville, whooping up on Montreal without getting scored on. But they've also had some pretty bad losses, too, against some really meh teams. Going back to March, I mean, they lost 2 nothing to Miami. Miami didn't have anything going on for them at that point. They ended up losing a couple of days uh, after the Galaxy beat us to them. They lost 3-1. to one. Galaxy, yeah, all right, they're surging a little bit. I'll give them that much. But I'm still not going to say that they're a great team. But the big and more recent, like, awful loss that they encountered was a game against TFC in which they lost 3-1 to one on August the 30th. So, Union... Not only are they happy that they clinched a spot, but look, they want to climb up the rankings as best as they can. They want to make sure they secure a top four spot in the MLS playoffs so they can have the home field advantage. And obviously, they, they haven't forgotten about Gareth Bale and Ilya Sanchez and John McCarthy. I mean, they're going to be suffering PTSD from that game. And honestly, the city of brotherly love is going to be suffering from PTSD from all the championships that their teams lost between the Eagles and the Phillies and the Union. It was a rough year. For Philadelphia sports fans, we don't give a hoot about how Philadelphia sports fans feel because nobody gives a damn about the city of brotherly love other than the inhabitants and the people that have lived in or around the city of brotherly love. I like seeing them lose. As a New Yorker, I take great pride and joy in seeing teams from Massachusetts and, and, and Pennsylvania lose. But that's just me. So there is the story with the Philadelphia Union. Obviously, head coach by Jim Curtin, one of a few, two handfuls of coaches that have, by two handfuls, I mean seven. Yeah, 
he's only the seventh coach. That's what I'm getting at. Sorry. And like I said, I'm running this thing solo. Only the seventh coach in the history of this league that has managed to clinch the playoffs with one team in six consecutive seasons. Pretty darn good. He's been there since 2014. He's doing his thing. Uh, the Philadelphia Union have yet to win the big trophy. They won a supporter shield in 2020. They were MLS Cup runners-up in 2022. They were U.S. Open Cup runners-up in 2014, 2015, and 2018. So they're inching their way closer to some silverware, but they don't have it yet. And they've been around a lot longer than we have. So all I got to say about that is, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the lineups and let's actually get into this game. Not too much to talk about. Now, Jim Curtin opted to come in this game with a 4-4-2 formation. We're going to start from the goalkeeper and work our way up front. Obviously, we got Andre Blake. We got Harriel. We got Jack Elliott. We got Lowe. We got Kai Wagner, one of the best passing defenders in Major League Soccer. The captain, Alejandro Bedoya, Jesus Bueno, Jack McGlynn, the player to watch out for, their leader in assists, their leader in goals, Daniel Gazdag. Julian Carranza and Mikel Ua making up your starting lineup for the Philadelphia Union. For LAFC, it's completely a wait what moment because the starting lineup, not what we anticipated. Not what we anticipated at all. In between the pipes making his third consecutive start of this Major League Soccer season, Maxime Crepeau. Really would have thought John McCarthy would have gotten the start there. But now with Max operating at full strength, I guess at this point he's got his starting slot back. I would have imagined that John McCarthy would have had to play a couple of meh games in order to uh, secede that position to Maxime. But Maxime's back end, well, he got himself another clean sheet, second consecutive one. In front of Max, we got Cheeky Palacios back from yellow card accumulation, Daniil Maldonado, Aaron Long, Jesus David Murillo, and Ryan Hollingshead. No Giorgio Chiellini in the 18, no Giorgio Chiellini, period. Load management was the... Uh, the term indicated on the player availability report, which came out this morning around 1030 Pacific time. Excuse me. Had to hydrate myself with a little bit of that Dr. Pepper. 1043 here on Saturday. I should not be drinking Dr. Pepper, but I don't know. Is it better to drink Dr. Pepper at this hour than it is to take a shot of... Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. Anyway, moving on. Uh, in the midfield, we got Timothy Tillman, Mati Bogush, and Kellen Acosta. And then up top... <laughs> They're young. They're young. They're really, really young. Young, 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 young. The Kike and Stipe show. Shout out to Itchy and Scratchy on The Simpsons. Those two guys get the start up top. Carlos, Denny, and Elie Sanchez on the bench today. Now, I want to give a couple of quick shout outs. Jesus David Murillo registered a 75th regular season appearance for LAFC. Uh, and then Kellen Acosta, his 250th, coming right off the heels from the from Ryan Hollingshead, having also hit that same milestone. So we got a couple of players that you know have uh, some experience in this league, and that's good because you would need experience against a really tough team like that. Now I mentioned earlier we're young up top, very very young between Mati and and Buke and Oliveira. I mean, nobody's over the age of 22 between those three guys. Nobody's younger than 19, but nobody's older than 22. That's that's very young to go into Subaru Park to play a team as formidable as the Philadelphia Union. But obviously, keep in mind the fact that we just came off a tough match against St. Louis. We got ourselves an opportunity to win another trophy on Wednesday. I say another trophy as if we won one this season. No, to win a trophy this season. Uh, against Tigres on Wednesday. We'll talk about that later. So Steve opted not to use these players. 
El Pistolero himself didn't make the 18. And I don't even know if he, I didn't see him on the bench. Taylor Twelman says he did, but he wasn't in the lineup. Load management, Mario Gonzalez, not there. So a game like this with Carlos and Denis on the bench, you'd figure Mario Gonzalez would be out there trying to do his thing, but I guess Steve is keeping them fresh for Tigres. Ilya Sanchez, arguably one of our MVPs and one of the steadying presences, if you will, in our starting lineup, didn't play uh, initially until the second half. And from what the commentary team of Taylor Twelman, I forget exactly who his running mate was, with Ilya Sanchez, LAFC has won 70% of their games. Uh, This season, they've won one out of six without Ilya. So that just goes to show you how important he is. So, uh, yeah, 30 mile per hour wins. Rainy day, 61 degrees. Ophelia, you're breaking my heart. Like I said, the Union never beat LAFC. Now, as far as this recap is concerned, defenders, this is going to be probably one of the shortest episodes. Shortest episodes, period. Because even if you go back and watch the highlights, there was hardly anything to highlight because nothing happened. Nothing really happened in this game at all. Uh, as the coin toss happened, LAFC elected to actually go against the wind in the first half, which if you ask me, a fairly smart strategy considering you'd go against it the second half where, well, you got the last 45 minutes um, playing down as opposed to playing through. So cue in your Bob Seeger for all you old school rockers out there against the wind. Second minute here. Here's a highlight, a very one of the few highlights to talk about it in the first half. Julian Carranza gets hit awfully hard by Aaron Long. Yellow card right off the bat. Aaron Long in Philadelphia, the home of ECW, doing his best audition for Paul Heyman. ECW, ECW. There was no question that he fouled Julian Carranza, who ended up getting looked at for, uh, for concussion. And if you were counting the number of subs that came in later in the game, you'd wonder why the heck six came into the game when there's only five. Well, when you have a concussion protocol sub, which Carranza came out in the start of the second half, which is kind of odd, uh, the opposing team gets an additional sub. So that's the story there. But yeah, that's that's what happened initially. And it's not the first time within a game that we get hit early with a yellow card. No arguments, no question, but uh, I, it certainly looked like it hurt. <sighs> Going through the game, it's going to be really, really hard to find anything of any kind of refute or repute to talk about him. In the 25th minute, Kike Oliveira showing a nice ability to dribble through defenders as he actually split through Harriel and Lowe. Uh, He ended up getting fouled by Harriel, and Steve wanted that. No, he didn't get fouled by Harriel, and Steve wanted a foul. But Oliveira showing some flashes of brilliance uh, on the pitch. Small guy playing with a lot of hard, doing big things, but he got dispossessed on that play. But I was really, really impressed with his footwork and his ability to dribble out of trouble. That's a very important skill to have and a great attribute for us going forward. Clearly, the kid plays with with guts, intestinal fortitude, and, and that's one example. And he almost was rewarded for his effort. 32nd minute. Cheeky Palacios, a beautiful cross, reminiscent of that cross he had in, in, in previous matches in the past. Got a ball in the box. He just just missed Kike Oliveira and doesn't get to it. That's really all the fun information to talk about. He had four minutes of stoppage. At one point, Harriel booted a ball in the box. That got punched out by Maxime Cripo, but there was really no danger there. 
and that's your first half. I fought long and hard. I, I tried to take notes. I went back to look through things, but there were three shots taken by the union in the first 45 minutes. Zero shots by LAFC. You can only imagine how many shots on target there were. Also zero. So not a lot to talk about defenders. As far as your possession is concerned, the union had the lion's share of it, 65% to R35. And well, passing accuracy was not great. And it's not because the boys can't connect dots. It's because the, the wind factor was there. The rain factor was there. The constant precipitation in the wet soil obviously had an effect on the way the ball moved. And not for nothing, we're not used to having played in the rain in, in a while anyway. But with 30-mile-per-hour winds, some of these crisp passes that you would see from the likes of Amati Bogush or a Kellen Acosta, they just weren't connecting because it just it, it wasn't there. And keep in mind, we were playing against the wind within the first 45 minutes. Nothing really to talk about. Starting into the second half, we uh, start to get a little dangerous. One would argue that if you looked up top, we didn't really have any formidable scoring options between Oliveira and Stipe Buke. Look, can they score? Yes. Have they? Yes. Have they done it a lot? No. No. Carlos, Denny, Ryan Hollingshead, and yeah, Stipe's in that list as well. These are our top scores. Oliveira's brand new. Uh, and so... There's nobody really to score it. I mean, Mati Bogus could have been a threat. Timothy Tillman obviously has found the propensity for finding the back of the net, but we didn't start getting dangerous until we added our number 99. Denny Bowanga coming in for Stipe. So now you got a credible threat. Now, Carranza comes out, Bar Barabo in, and that's where you had your concussion substitution, which Taylor Twelman said it was interesting that they're doing this kind of substitution uh, 45, 50 minutes after the foul happened. Keep in mind, second minute when he connected with Aaron Long's body, if you will, that's when they were checking on Carranza. He came out there, and that's when the substitution protocol came in. Uh, seconds later, Long goes down, and we have our trainers coming in to check up on him. Uh, he gets up, much like the character of Stacy in Wayne's World as she crashes her bike into the car. She's okay. Game on. And shout out to LAFC Film Club, by the way. They did a really cool event at Golden Road Brewery just this past Friday. They had a double feature of Wayne's World, which is why I quoted that, and the 1994 blockbuster starring Keanu Reeves, Speed. I haven't seen Speed since, well, it came out in 1994. And at that time period, I was 14 years old. You could do the math as to how old I am now. That was a long time ago. But shout out to the LAFC Film Club. It was really cool. I ended up winning uh, an LAFC team signed jersey that day. They were raffling off jerseys and gift certificates at Golden Road. Apparently, they're another partner of LAFC. Shout out to Matt for making that happen. Jimmy was there. Saw Pat. Ruben was there doing photographs. DJ Flick was there with his wife. I went with Panda. Our buddy Kevin Cadence Blumenfeld was there. It was a cool event. So keep an eye out on what the LAFC Film Club is going to be doing in the future because it's it's cool. It's fun. It's just another excuse to get together with your black and gold brothers and sisters and have a good time. And on that note, real quick, happy fourth anniversary to the running club as well. I know they will be celebrating that tomorrow. All right, let's get back into this game recap. 20 minutes into the pod, we're already making much better time than we would if it was me, Panda, Scarf, or and or Hello Kitty. I usually banter for 20 minutes. And since I'm riding solo, I want to be as quick and efficient as, as the New Yorker I am. just want to get down to business and give you everything. All right, yeah, I get it. Shut up, Philly. Give me the news. 
50th minute. We got a goal by the Union. At least we thought we did. Great ball movement from the midfield. Kai Wagner received a crisp pass. He finds Mikel Uo, who gets it over to Baraba, who just substituted into the match to start the second half for Carranza. He takes a shot. That bangs off the crossbar. And the one guy you didn't want to have be involved in the game, their leading scorer and leading assist man, Daniel Gazdag, heads it in. But after they cued the dupe song, Turn on the booze song, as in boo from the Philadelphia Union fans, because, well, after looking at the video monitors for VAR, no goal, baby. No goal. Thank you, Alan Chapman. Can't say he's an official I am very familiar with, but I don't want to be familiar with Alan Chapman. I never wanted to be familiar with Penso or Uncle or, or, or Ismael or anybody. We know their names. Chances are it's because they suck as referees. Alan Chapman took care of us. Offside, woohoo, nothing. They caught Mikel Ua on the buildup. That's why you didn't see any goal. That would be the only time either of these teams would find the back of the net. I mean, we could storm through the rest of the game. Obviously, we said offside. Now, offside is a weakness for the Philadelphia Union. Why? Because they get caught in this position quite often. I think they're one of the league leaders in getting caught offside. You want to give them props, obviously, for trying, but offside isn't going to get you anywhere. And at this point, 57, 58 minutes in the game, they've already got four offside flags on them. They consistently see this flag. And uh, fortunately for us, they were in that position within the uh, the 50th minutes. Now, uh, let's see here. Moving right along. Keep in mind that at this point, LAFC is playing the opposite way of the wind. They were playing into it the first 45 minutes. They're going against it, which obviously should have helped them out. But in reality, it's the Philadelphia Union who still maintained and controlled a lot of the lion's share of possession. And they played a lot better going against the wind than LAFC did. A couple of things that you know uh, pointed out to me, like Mati Bogush, the kid can hustle. I will, I will say that much. It was an attempt that... Um, off of a corner in the 66th minute where it was Mati on the corner kicking Aaron Long, tried to do the uh, the Chiellini bicycle, but totally missed it. And knowing Giorgio, he's probably going to you know laugh and chuckle a little bit at Aaron Long and go, hey, at least I connected with mine rather than whiffing as far as yours is concerned. Uh, 71st minute, see some subs for LAFC. Ilya Sanchez coming into the game for Kellen Acosta. Carlos Vela coming in for Kike Oliveira. Kike Oliveira was probably our most imposing threat up to this point because he had some opportunities. He had nearly had a, uh, a header opportunity in the first half that she could have connected if on that cheeky Palacio cross. Look, we didn't have any shots, but I'm just giving as many props to Kike as I can because I, I really like this kid. I, I like seeing him start. Uh, moving right along, 74th minute. We have, what, our a second shot, our, our second shot period in this game. And it's not like this team to to be playing this way but again the wind factor the 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 weather factor the ophelia factor there's i don't know i'm just at this point i feel like i'm i'm, I'm making excuses 75th minute more substitutions coming in for lafc you got palencia in for ryan hollingshead and honestly defenders 86 minutes into the game there's really no shots on goal for either team and there and it would end with no shots 
uh, by either team. You got neither Nordaz that came in from Mati Bogus in the 90th minute. That was something. Six minutes a stoppage. This is where we actually have a very fresh, clean, cool opportunity to do something. Great tackle by Fufu Krostev, who came into the game just uh, 10 or so minutes prior. LAFC on the run. Krostev connects with Denny. They had the numbers. But nothing came of it. Denny fell on the ball. There was conversation between the broadcasting team whether or not he was offside. But that's it. That is it. That's the game. The game ends in a draw. It was painful trying to find things to discuss, trying to find plays to build up on and talk about. But this was a defensive battle, and neither team was really a threat towards one another. Your final stats, shots, the Union 4, LAFC 2. Shots on target by either team, zero, two goose eggs. The possession arrow stays the same, uh, 62% for the Union, 38% LAFC. Passing accuracy didn't change much from the first half, 73 for the Union, 66 for LAFC. Uh, There were more fouls by LAFC. And the Union got caught offside three more times than LAFC, four to one. And that's really it. If you look at the XGs, there was nothing there. How? You had no shots on target. No goals, no scoring opportunities. Darn you, Ophelia. And for a team like LAFC, historically, that has scored a lot of goals in their history. I mean, fastest to 350. This is a season in which we haven't seen very many goals come from the black and gold. Last season, with the 34 games we played during the regular season, we had 66 goals for. We're currently sitting at 44 with four games to go, which is wild. Even if you go back to the COVID season, in the 22 games that were played, we had almost as many goals as we had in the forty in the, in the 30 games that we played during the course of the regular season. So... LAFC has not been a team that scores a lot this year. They're not even in the top five, which is a lot different for our club. Where we have improved, though, obviously, is defensively. We've been a lot stingier, and we've been good about protecting our keepers from having to face too many crazy and wild opportunities uh, for the other team. All in all, the road trip for LAFC, I would have to say, is a success. We've got, what, back-to-back clean sheets for Maxime Carpeau. And while he wasn't really tested uh, these la- two out of these three games, he was tested a little more against St. Louis, it serves as a big confidence booster for him. I mean, he's fought hard. It took him, what, 315 days from the time he got hurt on that, con- on that broken leg incident with Corey Burke in the MLS Cup final to getting his start against the Galaxy a week ago, a game in which, well, we whooped up on him 4-2. to two. A tremendous road. So, obviously, the... Clean sheet factor form, you know, really bodes well. And still more kudos to Ophelia for anything because she was truly the MVP defensively. uh, And I guess you could say offensively for both sides. But collecting two points in two of the most difficult arenas and ballparks to steal three points in is very commendable. St. Louis is for look for a new franchise. They've had a phenomenal year. They play excellent at home. They've they're going to break records for most wins as far as a uh, an expansion franchise. I think the record is us at 16 in 2018. Uh, they're, they're sitting on, what, 15 at this point with a few more games to go. St. Louis is tough. And so the fact that we walked out of there with a point is great. And also, St. Louis is yet to score on us. 
and then yet, obviously, to beat us. And then going into Philadelphia, another fortress. Subaru Park, very tough place to play on the road and to come out with a W. LAFC still managed to secure a point. So that's pretty good. You want to secure as many points as you can on the road and obviously take care of business at home. Now, looking at the tables, what's wild is the gap between second place and 10th place below the playoff line is a lot narrower than it is from us to catch St. Louis. They won today. They beat Minnesota United as a result of Dane St. Clair and the Loons crashing again. The Loons have failed in two encounters to just secure wins. When they've lost to teams, when they've been in the catbird seat, and we really needed Minnesota United to beat St. Louis today. So we'd have the ability to catch up with them. But now St. Louis has a fairly comfortable lead ahead of us, but we still got a couple of more games to go. Is it mathematically over? No, but if St. Louis continues to capture and secure points, we're, uh, we're in trouble. I think what it's what eight points or so that that separate us and the new kids on the block. They've already clinched their playoff berth in the West. They're the only team in the West to clinch their playoff berth. And they're inching closer and closer to securing the Western conference, which obviously gives them home field advantage throughout the duration of the playoffs, the CONCACAF champions league berth and a bye. So we'd love to be able to catch up to them. Now that game's over. Our road trip is done. We come back to L.A. and we prepare for the Campiones Cup, which for those of you who are unaware, look, it's it's an annual match between the current MLS champions, which is us, and then the Liga Amekis champions. Now, keep in mind, you got your Clausura and your Apertura, and so you had uh, Pachuca and Tigres play each other one-on-one for that, and then Tigres is who won, and that's why we're playing Tigres. And so champion of Liga Amekis, Battles it out with champion of MLS. And that game's going to be at BMO on September 27th, this Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday. And it's going to be a late night, folks. It's going to be a late pod and a very, very late slash early evening for myself and Scarf. He will be back on Tuesday. We're going to give you a getting to know your opponent episode. Game's at 8 o'clock, which is crazy. And the game will be broadcast on MLS Season Pass. You'll be able to hear the awesome, excitable sounds of Dave Denholm on 710 AM ESPN Los Angeles and 980 La Mera Mera. Check that out. And then defenders were down in the final four games of our season after we hoist that Campiones Cup. There's no way that we're not going to raise at least something this year. We were poised for a lot of success. We were prepared for a lot of success. We expected a lot of success. Stuff hasn't happened yet. The only thing that we have left potentially is this Campiones Cup and Lord willing, a Western Conference trophy beating whoever is in front of us in the playoffs on our way to maybe securing our back-to-back MLS Cup titles. Now, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. It's still a road ahead of us, but I'm pretty confident about Campiones Cup. We'll talk about that in a couple of days. But ahead of us, Sunday, October the 1st, 5 p.m., thank God, we're at home against Real Salt Lake, the return of Danny Musovsky and Chicho Arango. After that, on Wednesday, October the 4th, We take on the Loons at BMO Stadium, which is going to be our final regular season home game of this MLS season. That's it until playoffs. From there, we go on the road October 7th 
These games are coming at us one by one by one against the likes of FC Broccoli. And then Decision Day, October 21st, we at least have a couple of weeks off. We head on over to Bad Carpet Place, BC Place in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, to take on Tristan Blackman and the Vancouver Whitecaps. From there, we'll have an idea of where we are in the playoff, right? Obviously, because it's decision day. We'll know where our position is, and hopefully it's a lot higher than we currently are right now. We're sitting in second place at this time, Saturday, September 23rd, 11.06 p.m. A couple more teams are playing tomorrow, so hopefully we get to maintain our position. Hopefully we can catch up to St. Louis. I mean, there's a lot of hopefuls here, but obviously more importantly than that, I, I hope to God we beat Gignac. I hope to God we can hoist Campionis Cup. I'll be damned if I sit there in my little section watching and bearing witness to another team hoisting silverware in our house. Nobody comes to our house and beats us up and, and pushes us around. To me, that's the most insulting thing. Tigres is obviously a very good team, very well coached. They got a lot of talent and there's history between them and us. We squared off. We lost against to the, we lost against them in, the, in our very first Concacaf Champions League final. Gignac remembers Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela hasn't forgotten that day. We haven't forgotten that day, and hopefully, we get to avenge that loss by hoisting something in front of them. And then, hopefully, we can go out there and just secure twelve points in our next four games. Our opponents are it's very doable. Like Real Salt Lake at home, that should be a win. Minnesota United at home, that should be a win. Austin, in courtesy of our buddy Chris Lafferty, I would agree with him when he says this. They peaked last season. This is not the same Austin team. I think we could take care of business. And look, Vancouver, Vancouver's a lot better this season, but I still think we could secure three points on the road against them. We get 12 more points. St. Louis drops a couple of games. We find ourselves in a very nice position. Again, the gap between second and 10th place, minuscule. And it's a lot higher and it's a lot harder to catch St. Louis than it is to fall into 10th place, if you can believe it. 10th place is right around the corner for us. I think we're, what, seven, seven or so points away? That's how tightly packed this Western Conference is. It's wild, folks. And speaking of wild, it's wild doing one of these podcasts by myself. I've never had to take on this duty by myself. I'm used to piggybacking off other people and taking a break, getting able to take a sip of water, crack a joke, collect my thoughts, think a little bit, because it's usually Scarf. It's usually Panda and or Nina. But this time it was me. And with it only being me, cut out a lot of the banter and a lot of some of the other segments. I love this day in LASC history, but I just didn't have the Excel spreadsheet. But what I hope to do today and I, what I hope I accomplished was to inform educate and entertain you in the ways that I can. So I'm pretty sure I did that. I at least feel confident enough that within these 35 minutes, I was able to do that. And hopefully you take something away from this podcast. It certainly won't be a lot of your time that uh, I've taken away. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I know some of y'all have said that you like the longer pods, considering the fact that most of you listen to us. Our YouTube numbers are there. We post on YouTube, but our YouTube numbers are just minuscule in terms of what you out there, the millions, uh, the numbers you give us as far as the audio is concerned. Maybe it's because we really do have faces for radio. I don't know. I'm working on improving that. I'm trying anyway. So appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Scarf will be back from New York on Monday and we'll be back to give you a getting to know you Tigres edition 
which is going to be also part of One More Sleep. And then back at BMO Stadium, September 27th against Tigres. We'll give you that podcast there, and we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programs and our regularly scheduled guests. Until then, have a good night. God bless. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, let's, let's go, baby. Let's, let's get this. Let's, let's repeat this. Nothing but love, folks. Philly, out. Thank <laughs> you.